it's Alexandria J, and you're listening to the Protecting Purpose podcast. Hey, 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 family. Welcome back to the Protecting Purpose podcast, where the goal is to have real and intentional conversations around the topics of life, faith, family, ministry, all of that, in order to encourage us all to learn to safeguard God's unique purpose for our lives. And today, 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 we are talking about essentially the weight of the anointing, right? We're talking about what that means. What does it mean when you say yes to God? Like, what does that entail? And let me just start here. We're just going to dive in because I just feel like we need to have a real heart to heart here. Okay. (laughs) So let's just start with this. If you are not willing to go through some pain, then this life is not for you. I'm going to say that again. If you are not willing to go through some pain, then this life is not for you. And when I say this life, I don't just mean life in general. No, I mean the life of a committed, dedicated, submitted man or woman of God who knows what they've been called to do, who knows that they have a calling to minister to the lost. If you're not willing to go through some stuff, then this life is not for you. You might as well hang it up. Those of us in ministry, we understand that the anointing on our lives comes with a price. My grandfather, who was one of my favorite people in the entire world, he passed away in April of 2019. But something that he used to say, he used to say this story all the time. And it makes me laugh now. I I say it often, but he used to tell me the story where he would go out to preach for these huge mega conferences. And of course the people would be blessed. People would get healed and delivered and all of that. And following his preaching engagements, people would actually come up to him and say, oh my gosh, apostle, I really want your anointing. I want what God has given you. I want what God has placed on your life. And my grandfather would be like, are you sure? And they would say, yeah, yeah, man, I really want the anointing you have. And so he would tell them, okay, lift your hands. So they would stand there, you know, they're lifting their hands. My grandfather would place his hand on their head and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that this man loses his house. I pray that his heart, that his car <laughs> gets repossessed. I pray that he feels like he's going crazy. And all these people will be like, whoa, 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 man of God, I said, I want your anointing. What what you saying all that for? And my grandfather would look at them and say, you can't get the anointing on my life without having experienced what I went through. And that is such a true statement. It's so, so powerful. And it may be, it's probably not that extreme. Like everybody's story is different. You might not have to lose your house or your car or anything like that. But what I'm saying is you will be tried so that your witness can be validated, right? It's the crushing. And we say this all the time. It's almost become a cliche. It's the crushing that produces the oil on your life. It's the pressing that is going to produce that oil. Your yes to God, when you say yes to God, that is almost as if you're saying God is handing you a contract and he's saying, please sign on the dotted line. And you have all of these terms and conditions, right? You have all of these things that God is saying, okay, I may require this from you. I may require that from you. And you saying yes to God is your signature on that contract. What it is, is you saying, come what may, I will not retract my yes. God, I gave you this yes for a reason. I signed this contract for a reason because I believe in what you've called me to do. And no matter what, I'm not going to retract my yes. And something he took me to, it was so powerful. It's in Luke, the book of Luke 
chapter 24. I'm sorry, it's chapter 14. I'm reading too fast on my computer. This is Luke chapter 14. And I'm going to read a few verses. It's, this is going to be verses 26 through 33. And this is the King James Version. It says, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Verse 29 says, Lest haply after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him. Saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. 31. Or what king, going to make war against another king, sitteth not down first and consulteth whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever... Whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Now that was a lot. So that was again, Luke 14, 26 to 33. So let's break this down. The interpret interpretation that I get from this, of course, it starts off with saying, basically, you need to deny everybody that you know. You need to deny your mother, your father, your sisters, your brother. You need to deny all these people and bear your cross in order to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Right. And so what this passage is saying is that those who set out to accomplish things. Right. It also said um, it talked about, you know, if you sit down to build a tower, if you sit down and decide you want to make something great, you're going to sit down and count the costs. What is it going to require for me to do this? What is it going to require for this thing to actually be as successful as I want it to be? What is it going to take for this thing to get done? You're always going to consider those things. For example, if you are a conference host, right, you are going to sit down and plan how much money and I'm, am I going to have to put in? Who do I need to call to have them be on my team? How much of my time am I going to have to sacrifice? Basically, you're, you're asking yourself, what am I willing to lose for the greater cause? So my question then would be, why don't we do the same thing when it comes to our walk with Christ? Why don't we do the same thing? We almost treat God like a fairy godfather and want him to sprinkle fairy dust over us so we can look the part and, you know, I'm Cinderella, I'm going to the ball. We want to look the part. We want to stand on platforms. We want to walk into rooms with the confidence he gave us and then get upset when he says, okay, just like Cinderella, you have some rules. You need to be out of there by midnight or I need to take this relationship from you or I need to take more of your time. We get upset when he puts those rules and regulations and those really standards that he's called us to before us, right? He's saying, give me your desires. Give me your time. Give me those relationships. We forget that our lives really don't belong to us. We forget that sometimes, but I'm so glad and I'm praying that you who are listening to me today, you can actually be a part of the remnant that says I'm a part of the generation who says that what's on the inside of me is worth giving up everything for. 
What I'm carrying on the inside of me is worth giving everything up for, right? Jesus found Peter fishing. That was Peter's job. That was his comfort zone. That was his familiar place. Peter left his comfort zone and what was making him money, he left his stability to follow Jesus. What are we willing to sacrifice for the same? And this is why I tell people all the time that it makes no sense to envy people with a calling on their life. If I, oh my gosh, maybe I need to do a whole nother episode on this alone because I tell people all the time, like, why are you jealous of their calling, of their anointing? Because you honestly have no idea what they gave up to walk in that. You have no clue. You have no idea how many times they wanted to walk away, but they couldn't put that cross down. They couldn't put it down because they remembered their yes. So just a personal testimony for me I used to, I told you guys, I'm a, I'm a praise and worship leader. That is my heart. That will always be a part of who I am. I remember, you know, leading worship back in a time where I was really deep into my depression and anxiety. I remember I would lead praise and worship at my father's church faithfully. I would do it every single week and following those, you know, ministry assignments, I would get off stages and people would say, you know, wow, God really used you today. God really ministered through you. You really set, you really helped me to get a breakthrough that I needed through your worship experience. And they absolutely had no clue that on the way to church that particular day, I cried and told God I didn't want to do it anymore. I told God, yeah, I'm done. I, I'm sick of this. I don't like how I'm feeling. I don't want to do this anymore because my process was so painful. It became so discouraging. And what I learned is that if you're led by your pain, you will end up frustrated and you will end up wanting to give up. So I said all this to say that you don't know what goes on behind the scenes, right? You have no idea what goes on behind the scenes. So don't be envious of someone that you see walking in their purpose. Don't be envious of someone you see walking in their calling. What you need to do is get on your knees and intercede, okay? You really should be praying for them like you've never prayed before because you have no idea what demons they're really battling in the background. So... For me, it became this thing where I was so concerned with how the process was making me feel as opposed to what the process was producing. I'm going to say that again, because that just blessed me. I was so concerned with how the process was making me feel as opposed to what the process was producing. And this is something we have to make sure we understand as glory carriers, right? As anointed men and women of God who know that we're called to a greater assignment. You have to understand that if you're led by the, by the spirit, he will guide you to purpose, He will guide you to purpose. And let me say this too, because we, I think, sometimes get this purpose discussion twisted and mixed up in a lot of ways. Purpose is not a destination. It's a journey. Purpose is not a destination. It is a journey. You are constantly moving in purpose. You are constantly growing in and with purpose. And even before you discover it, because I hear you in the spirit, you're like, well, I don't even know what my purpose is yet. Even before you discover purpose, you're breathing and you're walking in purpose. And how do I know that? Because Romans 8, 28 tells us for this, we know 
that all things work together for the good of them who love God and who are called according to what? His purpose. That means when you take your first breath, you are in purpose, right? When you are born into this world, God has already preordained a purpose for your life. You are already walking in the story that is taking you through your purpose journey. You're constantly moving in that. So the pain, the discouragement, the rejection, it's all purpose. It's all purpose. Joshua chapter five talks about Joshua and, you know, him leading the children of Israel into Canaan. As soon as they got to Canaan and this, this made me mad y'all, because let me, let me tell you why this made me mad. As soon as Joshua and the children of Israel got to Canaan, he was immediately presented with his next battle, immediately presented with his next battle, which was Jericho. Right. And we know that story. Well, the Lord's messenger appears to him and he's like, "Okay, you're going to go fight. Okay, this is this is what it is. And this I had a problem with this because I'm like, God, you took these children of, of, of Israel out of Egypt where they were enslaved, where they were, you know, manipulated and mistreated. You called them out of that place and you said, and I have promised you a place of land. You know, I've promised you a land flowing with milk and honey of more than enough of abundance. So you mean to tell me when they finally get there, they're going to have to face another battle. And the Lord said, yeah, Adria. (laughs) He said, yes, because this is what I'm taking you through in order to to see that I am going to be with you regardless. God kept reminding Joshua, just as I was with Moses, so am I with you. So yes, that and that's why that reiterates too, thank you, Lord, that reiterates too that purpose is not a destination, right? Easily you could have been like, okay, we're, we're, we're in Canaan, so we've reached purpose, that's it, yay. Life is good from here on out. Nah, playa, we got a whole nother Jericho to fight. We've got a whole nother battle to fight. And it's because God wants to show us that he's going to be with us regardless. And that purpose is a process. Purpose is a journey that he's constantly taking us through. But what I love about this story too in Joshua 5 is that after the Lord's messenger appeared to Joshua and commands him to take off his shoes, Joshua's response is, it's not, what I just did, complaining and asking a whole bunch of questions. It wasn't that. (laughs) Joshua actually responds and says, Lord, your servant is listening. Let me remind us that when we get to those places that God has called us to, when we get to those places where the manifestation of the promises are being presented in our lives, the manifestation is taking place, our yes is still required of us. And that just goes to say that what we're carrying, what I'm carrying is literally costing me my life. Because again, my life doesn't belong to me. It belongs to God. Therefore, I'm literally giving everything of myself. What I'm carrying is literally costing me my life. I can't live how my flesh wants me to live. So I don't have time to be jealous of you or be in competition with anybody else. I am too busy carrying glory. I'm too busy walking in purpose and receiving downloads about what it means to be a purpose pursuer. 
a purpose pursuer who is after the dismantling of the kingdom of hell. That's who I am. I don't have time to be worried about you. We don't have time to be jealous of other people's gifts, of other people's anointing. We need to mind our business, mind our own purpose. So yes, you saw me dancing in Canaan. You saw me dancing, but you don't know the pain and the the real struggle that I was going through in my Egypt season. You didn't witness that disappointment. You didn't witness, you didn't feel what I really felt. You saw me smiling, but you didn't see the nights where my eyes were swollen with with excess tears. I gave up everything for this. I'm carrying something that's going to require me to give up some things. I may have to give up some relationships. I may have to give up some mindsets and some lifestyles, but it's because what I'm carrying on the inside of me is bigger than me. And we have to understand, y'all, that we're going to have to give some things up. But it's, God is not doing it to punish you. God is doing it to mature us. God is doing it to remind us that what he has is bigger than what we could have ever imagined. Ephesians 3.20 talks about that God can do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. So if he's taking something from you, if he's requiring or asking you to lay something down, it's because he sees something in your future that you don't. It's because he has a greater plan. And this is why, y'all, when the enemy tries to get you to go backwards, when the enemy tries to get you to regress and go back to who you used to be, uh uh-uh, playa, I remember what I gave up for this. I remember what I gave up for this. I remember those nights I used to cry. I remember those times where I felt like I didn't have anybody to turn to or talk to. I can't go back. I can't go back to who I used to be. I can't go back to how I used to think. I remember what I gave up for this. What I'm carrying on the inside of me is bigger than me. I am carrying something that cost me everything. That's all for today. I wanted to remind you that what you have on the inside of you is worth protecting because you went through for this, okay? You paid for this anointing on your life. You paid for it, all right? So I can't wait to talk to y'all next time. Until then, we out. Follow me on Instagram at Alexandria J and add me on Facebook. Until next time, don't forget you have a purpose to protect.